Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. My name is Holly. Hi, Sarah. My name is April. I'm in Melbourne, Australia. I have a question about... My name's Julianne, and we live in India. I am wondering... Hi, Sarah. This is Crystal from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Can you give me a suggestion for an especially fabulous book... Hey there, I'm Sarah McKenzie. This is the Read Aloud Revival. And in this short episode, I'm answering one of your questions. Hi, Sarah. My name is Mandy, and I am a homeschool mom of two girls, um, nine and 12. And we are on our second year of homeschooling. We have loved Read Aloud Revival. Um, I actually come from public school, and um, my girls come from the long list of books to read and uh, book reports. So it has been um, an amazing opportunity to be able to learn to love reading, just to love reading. And my question is that we've been implementing the Family Book Club Guide. I've been going to library, getting lots of picture books. I listen to your podcast all the time, follow along with um, all of your um, homeschool advice and whatnot. My 12-year-old she is ADHD. I think there's a little bit of dyslexia in there. I cannot get for the life of me for her to love reading by herself. She seems to always want me to read to her. And I'm not quite sure um, if that is okay, if there's something else I could be doing to engage for her um, to love reading by herself. I have tried easier books. I've tried picture books. She just doesn't want to. And, um, I am trying right now the comic type books to get her involved. And I'm just having a hard time that if I'm not reading to them or constantly bringing it up, then they usually don't want to have anything to do with it or, she just is like straight up, no. So if you have any recommendations for that. Hey, Mandy. Okay, so a couple of things came to mind for me when I was listening to your question. First, let's just think back to when your daughter was two, three, four. Uh, she probably liked being read to then too, right? And most two, three, and four-year-olds love being read to. Uh, they climb right into your lap and relish every minute. Most of us could sit down on the floor with a picture book and start reading it aloud, and we would immediately magnetize all the five and unders to us effortlessly. Um, it's about the story, yes, but it's also about connection. And something funny kind of happens because a lot of times we um, – we read so often to our kids when they're young that they associate books with this warm, fuzzy feeling of connection, which is exactly what we want. But then as they start to read for, to themselves and read for school and read independently, that connection piece can get lost. And it becomes only about getting this information into our kids' heads and not about connection, which I can tell by your question is not what you're doing in your home because I can just hear it in your voice and in your question, the um this intense drive toward connecting and having these warm relationships with your kids. So I kind of wonder if that same sit in your lap as a four-year-old connection is what your daughter is actually seeking um, when she wants most of her most of reading to be done by you. I mean, it's tempting to think, you know, she just wants someone to do the reading for her. Like, oh, just someone else do the hard part for me. That might be at play, especially if she's dyslexic. 
because uh, usually we don't like to do things that are hard for us, right? And reading, reading for a dyslexic child can, you know, doing the actual reading from a page with your eyes for a dyslexic child can often be very energy intensive and draining. It takes a lot out of them. So that could be at play here. But I also wonder if what she's sort of seeking without maybe knowing it herself and certainly without articulating it is that connection with you that she feels when you're reading to her that she doesn't feel when she's reading on her own. So anyway, a couple of ideas. One thing I I want you to know is that there's nothing wrong with your daughter, her not wanting to read on her own, her not picking up books for fun. There's nothing here that sounds alarming or surprising to me. This all sounds normal and fine. There are things we can do, of course, and I'm going to toss out some ideas here for you in just a minute. But I want to just point out that your daughter is exactly where she is in her reading life, which is exactly where God can meet her in her reading life where you as her mother can meet her in her reading life and and is exactly where she is best suited to take the next step. So she's right where she needs to be and so are you. So a question that might be popping up for you is, can she really do most of her reading with me? Can I, when it comes to what she needs to read for school or otherwise, can I really do all of this as reading aloud now that she's 12? I think you said she's 12. The answer is actually a resounding and hearty yes. Andrew Putua and I fielded this exact question at a recent Great Homeschool Convention conference. And, um, and Andrew said, you cannot read aloud too much for your kids. You cannot. It's just impossible. So if your kids want you to keep reading their stuff out loud to them, it's impossible to do too much of it. So you won't regret. I promise you will not regret any time you spend here, right? 20 years from now, you're not going to wish you had read less with her. Um, and I promise you're not going to make her less of a reader. One thing that's really important to remember is that reading happens through a couple of different modalities. It happens through our eyes when we're reading words from a page, and it happens through our ears when we hear language and we hear someone else reading aloud to us, whether that's you reading aloud to her or she's getting it from an audiobook, say. It all ends up in the same place, number one. <laughs> and number two, actually, reading aloud, having that language come in through her ears comes with a, a benefit. It actually comes with a little bit of an edge. And the reason why is that when we read books or words from a page with our eyes, as we become better and better at reading, we get faster at reading and we start to skip stuff. We start to skip all those little connector words. We, it's why we can always read with our eyes silently to ourselves faster than we can read out loud um, because we skip things. That's what good readers do. We just sort of skim over words. Um, when someone's reading aloud to us, however... They have to read the whole sentence. We get every single, every the, every and, every of, all of those little connector words. um, They get read in order. And so grammatically correct, sophisticated language patterns come into our child's ear in a way that they don't when we read with our eyes. So those whole grammatically correct, sophisticated language patterns get stored in our child's brain better when they hear them than when they're reading with their eyes. So there's an edge here. The other thing is, if you are reading 
to her and then you're helping foster a love of reading. You said she likes being read to, right? So then you're fostering a love of reading and stories. And there will come a point when she's going to get those stories for herself more than she's having them read to her. However, even as a voracious reading adult myself who loves books, loves reading in all modalities, I still prefer to get mine through my ear. I still prefer an audiobook. And oftentimes, if I really want to get into a book, I'll buy it in both forms, the audio version and either on you know my Kindle or as an actual print book. Because I, if I really love a book, I want it in all the different modalities. But I'm no less of a reader when I'm listening to an audiobook than when I'm reading from the page. So that may just be that your daughter's preference continues that, you know, in that vein. And that's totally okay. However, it's not always possible. One thing you didn't say, but I'm wondering about is whether you have the time to do as much reading as you, you want her to read. You want her to get books in good language. But if you're having to do all the reading, that's not always possible, right? You're a mom, so you have a lot on your plate. (laughs) And this is where audiobooks can really help One idea you might like to try is having a daily quiet reading time. Let's say a a 30-minute block, but you really can pick any amount of time you'd like here. There's no magic formula. Um, And say like this is a 30-minute time, quiet reading time during the day where everybody is allowed to only read. That's the only thing they can do. She's a, she can hang out in her room or sit at the table and craft or get out Legos or do a puzzle or draw or whatever she likes to do with her hands and listen to an audiobook because audiobooks count as reading. This will go really far in helping her continue to love stories, fall more in love with stories, figure out which genres she likes, what books she's most attracted to. These are all really important parts of becoming a lifelong reader, by the way. And it will drive her desire to get more books and stories, right? To to familiarize her with these grammatically correct, sophisticated language patterns through the ear, which are going to make a huge difference when she reads with her eyes, especially if she's dyslexic, because she's got all this good language stored in her brain through her ear that she'll be able to recognize it more easily when she's reading it with her eyes. So if she's been listening to audiobooks while she's growing up, Then when she reads with her eyes, it'll be so much easier for her to understand how the language works, you know, how it sounds, how it fluctuates, the cadence, the pacing, all of all of that will be heard by her even as she's reading with her eyes because of that experience listening to books. So having a set a set time where it's quiet reading time, but she's doing audiobooks is a way for you to have her get more stories without you having to be the one that's doing all the reading because you don't have time to do all of the reading. I, I don't know you, but I know you. <laughs> you don't have time for that. Um, okay, here's another thing. You mentioned graphic novels or comic books. Graphic novels are an excellent choice. We all tend to have this tendency to think graphic novels are a lesser form of literature than text-only prose. But this is just not true. Graphic novels actually require our child to operate in a multimodal form. So as they're reading a graphic novel, a child has to read and interpret the story in multiple parts of their brain. They have to read and interpret the story through the words and through the pictures. And in a graphic novel, one does not work without the other. They both have to, we have to interpret both of them to understand the story. So they're reading and interpreting the story in multiple parts of their brain because they have to read and interpret the text and the pictures 
at the same time in order to understand the story. We really underestimate, I think, how gr excellent graphic novels are for our kids because our you know, kids tend to love them, and so we tend to be suspicious. <laughs> it's, that, it's that parenting puritanism that comes up in all of us, I think. When something is easy or enjoyable, we tend to think it doesn't count for much. It's like it has to be hard or difficult to count. And I think because kids take to graphic novels so much, we sort of suspect that they can't be as rich as reading text only, but they are. Now, I would highly recommend, if you haven't heard it yet, Go listen to uh, podcast number 137, Why Your Kids Love Graphic Novels and Which We Like Best. That's number 137 because that will probably make you feel a lot better about her interest in graphic novels and it will help you find some good ones. Um, one that has not been added to that list yet but needs to be <laughs> is Lightfall. It's by Tim Probert. And uh, the first, it's a series, the first book in the Lightfall series is called uh, The Girl and the Galdurian. The second just came out. As I'm recording this, it just came out a couple weeks ago. And it is called Shadow of the Bird. It's on my nightstand right now. My 18-year-old just read it and said she loved it. It's, I mean, she really loves these books. Um, my 10-year-old just read the first one. So, I mean, we've here I, where I'm 40, my daughter's 18, my other daughter's 10. We are all loving it. So Tim Probert's Lightfall series, that would be an excellent one to start with. Um, and you'll also find some graphic novels highly recommended from Ben Hackey. Oh, uh, gosh, there are some others in that episode. Um, when Scar Stars Are Scattered by Victoria Jameson and Omar Muhammad um, is excellent, excellent, excellent. And so you'll find a whole bunch of recommendations in that episode 137. So go listen to the episode to find out why our kids love graphic novels and then to get some good recommendations. Every time your child reads and finishes a graphic novel, they're casting a vote for themselves as a reader. It's just another vote that says to them, you are a reader. And that's really significant because there's something very empowering that happens when our kids rack up completed books, like when they you know, add to the stack another book that they read all on their own. This is, I think, why, well, just one of the reasons why those really easy, short series books are so important for our kids when they're in this in-between stage, between the stage when they have learned to decode language, but they're not voracious reading and reading hasn't become super easy or uh, second nature to them yet. Reading easy series books is so important in that stage. Just one of the reasons why is because it helps them cast a vote for themselves again and again and again as they finish these books for being a reader and seeing themselves as a reader and somebody who reads a lot of books. Now, having said all of this, if you can, try not to fret too much about how long it seems to take to help your daughter really fall in love with reading. So much of what we're doing as parents is planting seeds. I don't, do you know about bamboo? There are some varieties of bamboo that take five years to grow. So you plant the seed, you water it, you tend it, you protect it, and you see nothing 
for your efforts. You know, you're doing all this work and you're thinking, is this even making a difference? But what's actually happening is beneath the surface, underground, a complicated root structure is taking shape. You just can't see it. And then about four to five years down the road, that bamboo shoots up, growing at a tremendous rate, doing some amazing, I can't even remember how much it grows in like 90 days, but it is a phenomenal growth in a very short amount of time. Now, I think homeschooling and parenting and helping our kids fall in love with books, it's a lot like growing that kind of bamboo. We pour years of our time and attention into growing and tending our little bamboo seeds. (laughs) And it sure looks like nothing is happening and nothing is taking. We're doing all the right things, right? But it is happening. It is taking. But it just, it doesn't do us any good to insist on seeing the results, right? That would kind of be like digging up the earth to see the bamboo seed and see the root structure for ourselves. We'd sort of ruin it in the process in our quest to demand results. So parenting and homeschooling, it takes a kind of faith. A faith that what we're doing matters and what we're doing makes a difference even when it does not feel like it. Things like this just take the time they take. And then also I am sharing my whole framework for teaching literature without a curriculum in RAR Premium this summer. So in your message, it sounded like you were really into this idea of teaching and engaging with books in your home in a different way than your kids have done in school before, in a way where they're delight and enjoyment of story and the desire for them to become readers is top of mind and of for you know foremost importance and so if you're interested in learning how to teach literature without a curriculum and with a strong emphasis on raising kids who love to read be sure to join us i know you're a member mandy that is happening in rar premium this summer for anyone who's listening if you are not in premium yet you do not want to miss that session on teaching literature without a curriculum. It's actually a couple of different parts, session parts. There'll be replays if you can't attend them live. And a fabulous, pretty hearty resource with grade level book lists that will help you find and choose great books depending on your kids' ages. And then engage with those books in a meaningful, educational way that also prioritizes helping your kids fall in love with stories and fall in love with reading so that they do most of their reading after they leave home. Because remember, our kids should do most of the reading in their life after they leave our home. They spend most of their life <laughs> not in our home. And so we have this, that can take off a lot of a lot of the burden, right? You don't have to get to all the right books. You don't have to make sure your kids have read all the most important books or whatever before they leave home. What we really want to do is nurture that bamboo so that by the time they leave home, they are readers and they will keep reading when they are outside of our home. So join us if you'd like more on that session. It's uh, happening in RAR Premium, and you can register by going to rarpremium.com. Okay, so let's go hear from the kids and what they're liking to read these days. Hi, my name is Hope. I'm nine years old. I'm from Duncan, South Carolina, and my favorite book is Emmy and the Incredible Shrinking Rat. And my favorite part about the book is when Emmy turns Miss Barmy into a rat. Hello, my name is Claire. I'm 11 years old. I'm from Duncan, South Carolina, and my favorite book is The Catman of Aleppo. And the reason I like it 
is because the man of law in the story rescues a lot of animals and he takes care of them. What's your name? Luke. How old are you? Six. Where are you from? Duncan, South Carolina. What's your favorite book? Building Our House. And why do you like that book? Because we're building a house. Hello, my name is Gabe. Um, I'm from Duncan, South Carolina. I'm seven years old, and my favorite book is Ranger in Time. The thing I like about it is um, when Ranger goes on all of those adventures with the different characters. Hello, this is Jude. He's two years old. He's from Duncan, South Carolina. And Jude, what is your favorite book? Owl Moon. That's Jude's favorite book. Thanks for listening. If you've got a question for an upcoming episode, leave me a voicemail at readaloudrevival.com slash message. Until next time, go make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. So many of us feel overwhelmed in our homeschool. There's a lot to do, and it feels like every child needs something a little different. The good news is, you are the best person on the planet to help your kids learn and grow, and home is the best place to fall in love with books. I'm Sarah McKenzie. I'm a homeschooling mother of six, the author of Teaching from Rest, and the Read Aloud family, and I'm the host here on the Read Aloud Revival podcast. This podcast has been downloaded over 8 million times. And you know, I think it's because so many of us want the same things. We want our kids to be readers, to love reading. We want our homes to be warm and happy havens of learning and connection. We know that raising our kids is the most important work of our lives. That's kind of overwhelming, right? You are not alone. In Read Aloud Revival Premium, we offer family book clubs, a vibrant community, and Circle with Sarah coaching for you, the homeschooling mom, so you can teach from rest, homeschool with confidence, and raise kids who love to read. Our family book clubs are a game changer for your kids' relationship with books. We provide you with a family book club guide and an opportunity for your kids to meet the author or illustrator live on screen. So all you have to do is get the book, read it with your kids, and make those meaningful and lasting connections. They work for all ages, from your youngest kids to your teens. Every month, our community also gathers online for a circle with Sarah to get ideas and encouragement around creating the homeschooling life you crave. They're the most effective way I know to teach from rest and build a homeschool life you love. We want to help your kids fall in love with books, and we want to help you fall in love with homeschooling. Join us today at rarpremium.com.